0: In every generation, there are the chosen ones. The fanboys, the observers, the keepers of useless trivia. They alone must stand against the forces of television drama tropes. They are Continuous Play.
1: Oh, come on. Stake through the heart, a little sunlight. It's like falling off a log.
0: Welcome to Continuous Play's The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. Don't make fun. i work long and hard to get this promise. And Jay Newcastle. But just because
2: this is never going to work, there's no need to be negative.
0: Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only.
1: Welcome to the Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Season 3, Episode 17, Enemies, written by Douglas Petrie. A demon makes an offer to Buffy while on patrol. 5000 bucks for the Books of Ascension, which the mayor needs, obviously, to ascend. Before the deal can be made, though, Faith is sent by the mayor to get the books, which she does after she kills the demon. Faith is sent by the mayor to try to seduce Angel in order to rob him of his soul to make another enemy for Buffy to worry about, but Angel rejects her, and the mayor dispatches a sorcerer who does the deed. Faith and Angelus team up to capture Buffy, and while giving Buffy a hard time, which now includes some serious makeout with Angelus, Faith tells Buffy all the details about the mayor's ascension. It's at this point Buffy and Angel reveal that the whole thing was a a hoax. Faith gets away, and Buffy tells Angel she needs some time after having to watch him pretend Tend to be angelus and be with faith and. Brian, that is our summary of episode 17, Enemies. And I can tell you, you know, we took the comedy detour last time around with Land. Well, we swerve back onto Sirius Highway and put the pedal to the metal, my friend, in this episode.
2: We do, and it's a very interesting episode, to say the least. Uh, You've got this horny demon who's trying to make some money, which is something interesting that uh, we don't really see a whole lot of demon out for cash. Uh, You got that going on. You have this... This ninja sorcerer guy coming in to take Angel's soul. Yeah. You have the return, quote unquote, of Angelus. And um, yeah, you get a lot of good details on what's going on with the mayor. And I, I think overall, it's it's awesome.
1: Well, that's a very strong, strong story. And we're going to get into it here. It, to, just to talk about a few things off the top, though. You know, we said last time that the episode was really built around the idea that they liked that Vamp Willow character so much they wanted to do something with it. Well, Joss Whedon and his crew had said they were just inundated with, you know, calls and people wanting to know and letters from fans. And then also people, you know, at the WB, when's Angel going to go bad again? When's Angel going to go bad again? You know, because that was such a neat – Angelus is such a deep character you can do so much with. And they decided, you know what? We don't need him to go bad again on this show, but we need to play with that in some way. We need to toy with that. And I want to ask you though because there's some, you know, dissension in the Buffy fan ranks about this Brian, do you like the fact that it was a hoax? I
2: love the fact that it was a hoax because I would have hated to have Angelus come back that quick. You know, I get that it's the next season and all that, but you you'd be setting a precedent at that point to have Angelus return almost every season and you you can't do that it's not necessary for the character it's stupid to do that he needs to stay in a box and only come out when it's needed and so i'm glad that it ended up being a hoax because i first thing i thought was oh man what the crap why did we go down this road
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's an odd road to go down. We'll get there when we talk about, about Angelus here in a bit, bro. We need to kind of go through... You mentioned them both uh, briefly there. Let's talk about the demon for cash guy, and then the guy ripped straight out of Mortal Kombat to be the uh, <laughs> He <still> so <sorcerer>. is. <laughs> he, is he not? I mean, I kept waiting for him to go finish him. Exactly. <laughs> in the middle is. of that. Okay. The, the demon with, like, the scruffy folk band beard and the plaid <laughs> tweed... <laughs> Know,
2: the elf ensemble. ears, uh, the yeah, goat it's horns. Yeah,
1: I mean, I felt like I was watching Dobby the House Elf's evil cousin. Yeah, only taller. Know, for, <laughs>
2: right? Only taller.
1: Yeah, only, only taller, yeah. <laughs> Who was in it for the dough. Yeah, his name is Skylar, which
2: I don't know that they really put out there in the episode but his name (laughs) is. that is is a
0: fierce name yes
2: and he he's just kind of like this uh he reminds me of like a a guy on drugs who's like i I need some cash i I got this this product here to sell he's got hot bucks you know hot bucks oh he's a con yeah he's totally a con mint condition you know i mean you know okay so there's some spine stuff but it's pretty good condition for some thousand year old books and trying to you know a pitch man it's rather interesting um his whole character he's only there for a short period of time obviously at the beginning when he when they they find him and he's offering these books to to buffy and then again when uh, faith comes to i guess you can say take possession of the books (laughs)
1: yeah she comes with an offer (laughs) you can't refuse Mm -hmm. i mean and that's called six inches of steel baby that's right i mean she buries that dude and that you know again that's that's a flash of faith that is really scary and i want to say eliza dushku can play a lot of layers with faith but when they let her be bad and i mean really bad and she is she is like horror movie scary Cause she just has no conscience at all. She just she whacks that dude, and then he comes back to fight her some more, and she just stabs the crap out of him. Now at the end of it, she's got this blood all over her hands, and so she's having this moment of conscience about it. But ultimately, she still just slaughtered the guy, you know, because she's she's a hitman. Yeah, you know? and in the heat of the uh, of the
2: moment, she it's almost like she's relishing it, and it's it's something that takes over her, and she's enjoying the kill.
1: Mm, well, I got, I got a metaphor, you know, for that is. You know her whole sexuality and the way she uses it and stuff. Bet she feels the same way. Oh, I'm you know? sure. Yes. Oh, it's it's great in the moment, and then she feels dirty for it.
2: You know what I mean? Well, I, you know, and that's I don't kind of like her with the I kill. I don't really think she ever feels dirty about the sex part.
1: Maybe not, but but, 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 but you killing, wonder maybe at one point. Yeah, she, I think maybe you wonder maybe at one point if she ever did. You know, I'm just I'm projecting here a little bit. I yeah, I'll admit, knows. but. I thought it was I thought it was interesting. But you know, yeah, Skylar, the unnamed demon is, is done away with pretty quick and and that's really you know, that's really him. And but
2: he's there for I, a very, very important purpose and that is to to oh, lay yeah. the foundation of what the mayor's plan is, uh, with these books of well, ascension. When they don't know right away that it's the mayor doing it and they're actually trying to figure out what this ascension means. Which I think is a very funny little B-plot there, because you've got uh, everyone trying to figure out what what these books of Ascension are for, and they're all coming to the same conclusion that it's not going to be this particular demon, and and, uh, it's a funny little moment for the gang and and Wesley there,
1: but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That and then and in that process, they learn so much more about the mayor. They learn that he's a hundred years old and he's been in Sunnydale forever. It seems like, and he just keeps being mayor. You know, it reminded me of is the fact that like Principal Strickland had been the principal in the Back of the Future high school like for fifty years. It seemed like because right. he was old in the fifties and then he was still there in the eighties when Marty was a kid, right? Yeah. Okay. And it, that was sort of the one tying thing. And I, I was like, that explains Strickland. Oh wow, I just get so much here, but. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he's been around forever, and of course, Faith lays on at the end about the whole bit that he built the town really for demons. He found the Hellmouth, and I guess after the, you want to put it in continuity, after the Master's failed attempt to rise and the earthquake and all that stuff, he founded the town, essentially, and built it as really kind of a temple and feeding ground for demons so that one day he could ascend. And that's... That's kind of twisted, man. I mean, I I do like the Books of Ascension bit and the fact that it leads us to all this about the mayor because I want to tell you, that is a big bad. I mean, if you're going to get... You can't get cooler than Angelus and Spike and Drusilla or, or maybe even cr- as cruel as they were, right? And you can't get maybe as, I don't know, mystical as the master. So you just got to get bigger and badder with the, with the mayor. He has to be the the ultimate culmination of evil. Right. And I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I think it's a great little, little sub
2: text here. And I, I like that. That's how, we're, where we're going with this here. But uh, yeah, Skylar's uh, main purpose here was to, to introduce this idea of the Ascension and, and, bring our crew our gang into the know finally of what's what's going on in Sunnydale, and it works out throughout this episode that in finding it out but we need to talk about uh the other new character and that is the shaman uh who like you said looks like a ninja warrior from mortal Kombat.
1: yeah yeah he's brought in by the mayor when faith can't seduce angelus to give him a moment of happiness, because they think it's just you know it's sex essentially is what gets gets him there because that's what Faith knows happened, and so they you know they can't get that to happen. So the mayor dispatches this shaman and he does this incantation. Well, yeah, I think Faith like throws like blood on Angel or something like that, and then he does this whole light. I mean, it's a pretty cool little effect, and you see Angelus pop up out of that. And you see vampire, in other words. And, and of course, he gets into his... Angelus starts in his whole bit. And that's the shaman. But, of course, we learn later that somewhere in the middle of things happening here... Buffy and Angel go to Giles with this uh, we know Faith's bad and she's going to try to turn she already tried to turn Angel by seducing him so what's going to be the next step and somehow Giles figures out well he's going to have to go to a powerful magician to do it and there's probably only one that can do it and I happen to introduce him to his wife so Giles calls in the favor and at the end of the episode the shaman goes ah, we're equal now don't call me again and that you know that's the whole bit and uh, I did think that was cool because again it harkens back to Man, Giles is pretty pretty hardcore in the magic world. Like, he, he holds some real clout.
2: Well, and it shows the difference between him and Wesley Wyndham Price, you know? So, Giles, you know, Giles has the applied knowledge from years of experience in the dark arts as as a watcher and in... Everything that he's been through, whereas Wesley has really only gotten the Watcher's Council version of things, you know, the book learning and the controlled circumstances. So he's got connections, Giles does, and it's a big difference between him and Wesley, who has basically only got the
1: Council to rely on. Right, but that's important, and, that, and I think that's interesting the way they play it here, is that Wesley's role is limited because he doesn't have experience, but... He's got knowledge that is useful. So because he's got the same brain, you know, background that Giles would have, it allows Giles to use the applied knowledge and tap into those resources while he's able to do all the book stuff. Mm -hmm. Because Wesley's really running the book learning side of things now, right? And, I mean, that's how it looks. And I like that. I like that that gave him something to do. And, you know, Giles tells him, you've got a real problem on your hands. You've got a rogue slayer. I can't think of anything more dangerous. And Wesley clearly doesn't know what to do about that and is going to have to figure it out along the way. But, of course, he's ticked because he wasn't in on the ruse, you know, too, which is funny. But, Brian, let's talk about the mayor for a little bit here. We we talked about everything we learned about him in this episode. How do you like his whole relationship with Faith? I mean, it's definitely... Some serious father daughter going on there,
2: yeah, and I think it's interesting because you know we we do learn that he's been a, a, around for at least a hundred years as mayor of Sunnydale, so yeah, he mentions a lot of times that he's a family man, and it, we we never ever really hear anything about where his family is, so I think he's really took a faith on as his uh, his daughter figure, and he he loves her like a daughter. She tries to come on to him at one point and he says "No, no, that's not what i'm here for i'm 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 here to be." your you know provider, basically, but not in that way. And I like the dynamic that they have going here. He knows she's very powerful. Uh, obviously, he has no fear because he can't be harmed, but he knows she's very powerful, but he also sees her vulnerable side, I think, and plays off of that.
1: Well, and that's a good point, Brian. He knows he can't be harmed, and, and Faith knows that, but the rest of the gang only learn that after Angel interacts with him this time, because he brings in the new Angelus, and of course he launches a you know a letter opener at him and it catches him in the hand and he yanks it out and it closes up and that's when he tells you know Angel I can't be harmed you know 100 is for the ascension and Angel relays that back to the gang so they know that now too and but that was knowledge they didn't have only we had and and the bad side had that knowledge before him which I think is pretty cool how do you like the fact that he is I mean, he has real intimate knowledge of who Angel is. And it makes you go back and kind of think, what did he think of everything that happened last year when Angelus was for real in town?
2: Well, I, I think uh, I think what's really cool about the Mayor's character is he seems to know pretty much he's got a, his ear to the ground. He knows what's going on at all times. He knows the characters who have been to and from Sunnydale at all times. He He has... Knowledge when other characters show up in Sunnydale, as we we learned with Trick uh coming in. He knew they were there when they started coming. So, I mean, he knows a lot about everything. So I think uh, it's only obvious that he knows a lot about Angel, too, because Angel's been around waiting for so long. And I'm sure in the hundred years since, you know, Angel has been, I'm trying to remember here, he was turned soulless in the late 1800s, I believe. So we're looking at about the time the mayor started in Sunnydale. He, Angel was, you know, running wild and then shortly after became the soulless vampire. So I'm sure he knows all about it. And I, I think that's kind of a cool part about the mayor is he does know so much about the evil that's going on around town. As far as what, uh, what the events of last year, I'm sure he was probably sitting back hoping things were going to go this way. We, we got glimpses of the mayor's role throughout season two uh, with little lines dropped here and there with Snyder and the police and everything else. So we knew that he was really, he knew what was going on and was kind of running things from afar.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, again, it's all about a revelation, you know, and, and they call this, this episode enemies. And I, it's really all about removing the curtains in front of who the real enemies are.
2: I think too that it's really named that because we finally find out everyone finds out who the enemies really are. They're they're the mayor. Yeah, of that's, Faith. What, that's what
1: yeah. I'm saying. It. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, we know who they not only who they are, but what their what their intentions are, you know, and what their motivations are. You know, it, we finally expose Faith for what she is, and or what she has decided to be at this point, and we get what the mayor's purpose is. You know, we know he's bad. What's he bad for? Now we know why. You know, and and everything starts to fall into place through this. But now to get there, Brian, we go through a lot. Let's catch up with some of our our core characters real quick, because there's you know most of this episode is centered around the mayor, Faith, Buffy, and Angel. So let's talk about like Oz and Willow real quick in this episode. They don't get a ton in here, but they're both part of research and they're in the library kind of the whole time. I mean, I, there there wasn't much for them to do, but it's. Willow's back to playing supportive friend again, which I did think was kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I didn't get a whole lot off of her really in this episode. Like you said, they're not used a ton here. Um, you know, Xander gets more play in this episode than these two really do, which is actually kind of cool. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. She is definitely back to being supportive. She's trying to help Buffy with, you know, her feelings about Angel when she's gone through everything that she's gone through with Angel pretending to be Angelus and and all this other stuff. She's also trying to help her with her feelings on faith and what's going on with that whole thing. So it it is she is back to herself. They're not arguing anymore about anything that kind of got resolved. So that was nice, too. But again, not a whole lot for Willow to do in this episode
1: there's not and like you said Xander's got more to do in this in this episode we'll get to him in a sec but you know Cordelia is back in with the gang it seems like now after her cathartic moment with Vampire Willow <laughs> she's back in and helping but she's really there just to hit on Wesley which we've alluded to we gotta talk about why and how that makes this so incredibly uncomfortable
2: sure you know and and i think that's the only reason she's back is because she has this desire to be around wesley i don't think she would have come back this fast otherwise yes she had her cathartic moment where she you know let her feelings be known to quote unquote willow but i think that her main goal is to spend time with wesley here and You know, since the beginning when Wesley showed up, he's showed major interest in Cordelia, and Cordelia has shown interest in him. And uh, the fact that she's a high school student and he's, you know, probably in his thirties, I would imagine, as a a watcher, it makes a little, a little uncomfortable. I'd say. You know, they keep talking about
1: hooking up, and (laughs) and this is this is definitely pre Mary Kay Letourneau. You know, and all of that, I mean, and and all that situation and that the the publicity behind those kind of, you know, cases and things that have happened. This is and it it, I think if they had I don't I don't know. I don't I think it's creepy. Yeah. But I also see that it's really kind of there just for. It's for comedy, and it also serves another thing, to show us that Xander doesn't learn his own lessons. Because his whole thing in this episode is he's ticked off at the way Cordelia fawns over Wesley, and I just keep wanting to go through the TV and go, hey, bro, you're the one that cheated on her, remember? Like, Xander's his own worst enemy still. And this almost seems like that's the only reason. And, I mean, you know, it's not like it wouldn't be at Cordelia to get... With somebody else near Xander to show him, hey, this is what you lost.
2: Yeah, that's you know, true. That's totally I just think comment. she likes the attention from the older guy, the older British guy.
1: I could be, maybe she's done with high school. Boys yeah, you again. never know. You know, she. she <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we never know. But that's. Let, let's get into really the three people this is about, though, Brian, Buffy, Angel, and and Faith. In particular, we can talk about. We've talked a lot about Angel kind of popping in between things, but Faith in this episode playing both sides really for the last time. It'll be the last time she plays the double agent because she's exposed at the end of this, you know. And she goes she goes to Angel with the blood on her hands after killing Skylar the Demon for the books of Ascension. And we think at first she's there because I need to stop. I, you're the only one that can help me stop. And she's coming on to him. She's coming on to him. And he rejects her. And then she goes away. And up until that point, you know, you don't know where this episode's going. If you don't know where it's going, you're like, wow, what a... You know, Faith went to Angel for help. There's a bond there, and they have a. there's a short conversation that I've always held on to. I'm like, hmm, I don't think there's an attraction between these two people at all. I don't get that. But there's a connection between Angel and Faith that is rather unique, and I think it's because they're both killers.
2: Oh, there's a big, big connection between those two, and I think that's what they play off of in these last several episodes is the fact that, you know— Angel knows what she's going through from the killing expert, or at least he he thinks she's going through, right? What she should be going through if she had a soul, but uh, he knows what that's like to kill someone, and he knows what it's like to struggle with it because you know while he was killing he didn't care, but after getting his soul back he felt the pain from every death that he caused, and so he knows what she's going through and what she must be going through, even if she's trying hard, hard, hard to suppress it. He knows that it's there, and he's trying to use it out of her and help her deal with it. And, of course, they have this really touching moment where shes it looks like she's going to him for help. He's there to help her, but then she tries to... she takes a little too far but you know by accident you'd assume and and he's like you know step back i'm here for you but not in that way and then she leaves because she's embarrassed that's the idea right that's what you come out of turns out right. completely false she ends up talking with the mayor again about how she couldn't get him to fall for her and i love the mayor in this whole scene because he's like oh well he doesn't know what he's missing out on and no no worries you know if we
1: can't get him that way we'll get him another way well th- just like a dad would say to his his daughter that he's doting upon. You know, it's okay, honey, you're too uh, good for me.
2: Except for the creepy bed. part about him wanting her to sleep with the guy, you know. <laughs> it's a
1: little odd. <laughs> well, you know, it's all <laughs> part of the evil plan, Brian. I mean, we got we got to remember the guy is evil, okay? He's not, you know, he may be father knows best, but he's still satanic. So, I mean, that's, that can't now be missed here. But I'm going to tell you, though, I I give uh, Lazadushku props for playing it in a way early on, that you think it's genuine that she goes to Angel. And I'm not too sold that part of it maybe isn't. That somewhere inside of Faith's own damaged psyche, she's teetering on the edge of am I going to be good? Am I going to be evil? Am I going to have a conscience like Buffy? Or am I going to be me? And, or am I going to be this, this evil side of me? And that comes out when she's got Buffy chained up. You know, that whole bit about everybody tells me I just want to be more like Buffy. I should be more like Buffy. But I'm, I'm you know, kicking ass all on my own. What's up with that? You know, and, and I you could tell she's revealing to Buffy the kind of thing that's going on in her head. So it's not that she's just totally rusing out. Maybe in some small ways, she was really looking for redemption, but ultimately of course that doesn't happen. And then she's, she's back to her own devices. And for whatever reason, faith has aligned herself with the mayor and now she is for better or worse. And I think throughout
2: the series, she's going to have that, you know, throughout this season, at least she's going to have that doubt in the back of her mind. She knows she's doing the wrong thing. But she does it anyway, right? A- and at this point, I think in, as we get to this episode, I think she's already decided where she's, where her loyalties lie. They don't lie with Buffy. They don't lie with the gang. And she's so already clearly, decided yeah. that that's the way it's going to be. So even though she may have these twinges of doubt in her head and these twinges of, my gosh, what am I doing? She's suppressing them and suppressing them well. And, uh, it's a okay. really interesting yeah. piece for her because they'll come back to haunt her, uh, just not yet.
1: Yeah. And and I think one of the best reactions is when Buffy, you know, or uh, when she says something about uh, being the world's best actress or whatever, and angel lays on her second best, and she realizes. There's that lady that slow motion look on her face when she realizes. Oh my gosh! I have just spilled the beans. and well, I and, just
2: I, and I love that whole pe- that whole scene too because you know they they supposedly Buffy's chained up uh, to the wall and and Faith is just you know laying it in there about how you know every everything's about Buffy Buffy this Buffy that but I'm you know what do you think you are better than me and and Buffy just lays it out she says I am better than you I'm better than you There's nothing you can do about it mm-hmm. Yeah and that just ticks Faith off to no end.
1: Yeah, oh, but it's but it's so. I mean, what a moment for Buffy, Brian. You know, because in that moment, I mean, they're playing the ruse. You know, her and Angel are playing Faith, but she's also having a real heart to heart with her sister there. You know, that's you know that's her other side in Slayer world, right? She, they were you know right next to each other in battle, and now you know the the wall is there forever. You know, as far as it's going and Buffy. Is just being brutally honest with her. And you know what? She's not wrong. Buffy is better. Buffy's got problems, sure. But Buffy's a better slayer. She's she's more experienced. And she knows which side she's on. Buffy's never fought for the wrong side. She's been conflicted because her boyfriend's been on the wrong side. But Buffy's always risen to the occasion and done the right thing for the right reasons. you know. And whereas Faith has allowed herself to be compromised... And be taken over by evil, and I think that's exactly what she's saying to her there. And it's part of it's again, it's part of getting Faith to drop her guard because Buffy knows you got to get Faith upset because that's when Faith starts talking, and Faith just lets it go. And then you know the the whole fight. I'm going to tell you that was one of the best stage fights they've had on the show. In a long time between Buffy and faith that was amazing
2: yeah, and what the cool part is is that every time those two fight it's it's done very well it's, it's like they they are so good together in a fight you know we saw this a, a little while back when they were fighting with Gwendolyn post thing that was an amazing fight then you get another one here and we'll get more in the future it's really cool yeah.
1: and, and, and- and it should be said, it's about half and half with doubles versus the actresses. Sure. Like, they're both pretty physical actresses and did a lot of that stuff. I mean, it looks cool. but I mean, they do a lot of the work. And it, I mean, you can tell it. it's well choreographed. And I love it, The you know, the bit where they both stop and they've got the knives on each other. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, they're ready to go, go down, you know, together. And the line she lays on Buffy, are you ready to kill me yet, B? I don't think so. And then she gives her this big kiss on the forehead and runs out. Right as the gang is busting in. I mean, that was that was some pretty heavy stuff.
2: It's a strong line, too, because Buffy isn't ready to give up on Faith yet, and she doesn't want to kill her. I think as we get further and further, we'll know that Buffy's intention is not to kill Faith, and she will do everything she can not to do that. She's keeping herself from doing that, and I think that's a very key piece. Yeah, she's not ready to kill you, Faith. She doesn't want to kill you.
1: And her. that's the key piece to Buffy, right? She didn't want to kill Angel last time right she she doesn't ever want to have to do make that decision you know it's it's only when it's the worst of circumstances will she get to that point to do that right and the question we're asking now is can buffy go to that well again that deep dark place you have to go to to take out someone that you care about you know and that's uh, that's going to be an interesting piece to see as we go man but it's uh we uh, we.
2: Yeah. And we've talked about the, the, the acting of Angel, the acting of Faith in this episode. But let's talk about Buffy here because she has to, she has to deal with some stuff. And and I'm not going to say she's acting at all because I don't think she is in this episode. I think that she is really feeling the anger, the, the the uh, the scared part of, of this whole thing you know it's all an act yes but when Angel plays Angelus I think the fear is back in Buffy and she's just she's actually scared out of her mind because she knows that at any time this could happen again
1: well yeah I and mean, specifically with Angel I mean there's such a difficulty in their relationship you know they can't be completely together because of the circumstances you know but neither one of them want to be with anybody else. You know, and so that she's dealing with that and now she's got to let him basically be dangled out like a fish hook to her, you know, one or, one of someone who is betraying her, you know, and she has to watch that and deal with it and internalize it. And, you know, Angel gets to act and then he can go back and be Buffy. But like you said, Buffy's just Buffy in this episode. You know, and she's yeah, just and
2: she has to you know, she has to relive
1: that oh, stuff. Yeah, it's and have reliving to, it all over again. And yeah, and watching him with her is like watching him with Drusilla or you know, any of that mm-hmm. stuff and all the stuff he's saying, those are things Angelus would say. You know, and that's how Angelus would act and how he would do things. And that's I mean, imagine reliving that again. You, know, you talked about Angel had to relive all the you know, past sins he's committed. Buffy's gotta relive her worst nightmare in the midst of what appears to be armageddon coming down you know around her and once again someone close to her is betraying her in before her very eyes what a what a difficult place to be and she wants to break from it that's the thing you know she you can tell she's on the verge of just falling apart because by the end of this she tells angrily we we got to i need some time after that you know act or not i got i got to have some space
2: Definitely. And it's a powerful moment for them because this is really setting up angels leaving.
1: Well, did you get the feeling that maybe he thought this would help kind of build some bridge for them? And then, and then for Buffy, it, it clearly didn't.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think that, uh, yeah, and, and he still does it throughout the the next episode or two as well. And they're kind of, it's almost like they're building that relationship back, but, it's really not. It's it's falling apart at this point. They will always have something between the two of them, but they're both starting to realize that it just cannot be. And there's reasons it cannot be. And for Buffy, yeah. it's the fact that she can't handle him turning into Angelus again. She she couldn't take that again.
1: No, she can't. I mean, and ultimately, her she's left having to have seen him be that person again, even in just an act, having to see that, and to have... Her trust in another confidant completely destroyed, you know, and and to know the thing she's facing is something that apparently cannot be stopped, you know, and, and that she still knows very little about. They don't know a lot about it in Ascension yet. It just is big and bad and, you know, it's not, it was something that, could, that should be avoided and she's got to live with that. That's the weight of, of her. But like we said, Brian, Now she knows who her enemies are. And sometimes knowing what your problem is specifically gives you the courage, the ammunition, the strength, whatever you need to start rising up and taking it on head on. Well, Brian, we're at the point of the podcast where we give our dusting trading for the episode. So what is your dusting trading for episode 17, Enemies?
2: I'm going to sound like a broken record here because I'm going to give this another four uh, out of uh, four dustings. It's just a fantastic episode. It defines things for the rest of the season going forward as far as what we have to deal with, what the gang is now going to have to focus on. And, you know, we got a lot of really good um dialogue between Faith and Buffy and Angel all together. And it was just Compelling TV. I really enjoyed watching this episode.
1: It's a fantastic episode, Brian. Four dustings all the way on this. I mean, just powerful writing, powerful acting. I understand why some people out there, I mentioned in the beginning that, you know, this kind of divides some of the, the Buffy fandom or whatever. I understand why some people maybe not like you know, the whole Angel Angelus flipping the switch thing or whatever, but I don't know how you can deny the performances here, particularly be- between Eliza Dushku and, and uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. just some of the best dialogue of the season. And, Just a great episode all around. So I'm with you, man. Four four dustings all the way. Folks, we thank you for joining us for the latest in our Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective here. You can find more episodes at our website, continuousplaypodcast.com slash Buffy. You can also catch up with us on our social media pages there, Facebook and Twitter. And folks, we're asking you to do something special for us here. We are trying to get to 20 written reviews on iTunes by the end of Season 3 here. So if we can get to 20 reviews on iTunes, written reviews, Brian and I are promising to do Bring It On, the cheerleading Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Bradford, Eliza Dushku movie as a season 3 extra. If we get the 20 reviews, we're only going to do it if we get those reviews on iTunes. reason we ask you to do that, folks, is just because it helps promote the podcast. Brian and I don't do this for money. We do it for fun, and we want as many people to hear it as possibly can, and your support has really put us up there. You know, we, we attract new listeners, it seems like, every time we do these things, but we're trying to build a little bit more if you can leave us a review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for tuning in to The Art of Slayer.
0: Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Sure,